WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the uh, Thursday edition of the Upfront program. And uh, just a uh, note on our lineup for the rest of the week. Uh, today, we have Christopher Boulay with us. Tomorrow, John Breen does the show. On Monday, I'll be uh, pinch hitting for my brother Dick and have Brian Newberry, state representative, on the program. And we'll be talking about a whole bunch of topics. Uh, he's a Republican. He'll be talking about the presidential candidates. He'll be talking about uh, Israel and um, Hamas. He'll be talking about, um, uh, is it the most important thing going on at the State House having the uh, independent man removed from the top and having it refurbished? Are you bringing that topic up today um, as um, one of the big Rhode Island topics? I am not, but Brian is a pretty sharp guy. He's going to make a great interview, but he's a Republican. Are we allowed to say that he's a good guy? Yeah. Well, you're allowed. Yeah. Are you allowed to say it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. All right. <laughs> Little inside joke there. Anyway, uh, the, the point is he'll be here. And then on Tuesday, uh, Gabe Alma will be here. And uh, he's uh, running for Congress in the 1st Congressional District. I got a mailer at my house because I'm a registered Democrat. I don't know why I am, but I am still. Uh, and um, so I uh, studied it, and, um, and I didn't bring it in, so I'm, I'm not going to uh, pull it apart. But, um, but on the other hand, there wasn't a lot of uh, wording in the memo uh, or in the mailer. But um, anyway, Gabe will be here. On Tuesday, he, he could have just said, "I'm a Democrat. Vote for me." End right. of story. <laughs> right. You're, this is this is the first congressional right. district. That's pretty much what it said in in the long run. A lot of pictures of him and uh, Bill Clinton and and um, and the governor, a former governor, and uh, and anyway, um, they're out there campaigning. Jerry Leonard was here at WNRI last night. And he bought some time on uh, one of our local talk shows, and he talked about uh, his thing. Hey, what do you want to talk about today, Mr. Uh, Co-Talk show host on Thursdays? Well, again, good, good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. It's, uh, it's interesting, as we allude to, we have about an hour. I think it's like 51 minutes when you figure in the commercials and, and everything. Actually, when you figure in the commercials, it's still about 51 minutes. So much going on, but right now, uh, tonight, the Biden... Uh, Administration uh, President Biden is going to make a uh, Oval Office address. Only the second time uh, in his presidency that he's done that. So I sit back and I look. Okay, what's going to come out of this? And I think about the former Chief of Staff of uh, President Obama, and then he became Mayor Rahm Emanuel. And he didn't coin this, but he brought this up and and kind of amplified it. It's never let a good crisis go to waste. And I think that's the instructions that President Obama gave uh, Biden. And uh, Obama and Biden are going to put aside their dislike for Netanyahu, and they're going to look to capitalize on this crisis. So you've got the Ukraine situation where I think most people would agree that it's a corrupt administration, corrupt regime, and we're giving them billions of dollars. And then you look at the other side of the coin and say, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so Russia is certainly not our friend, so financing Ukraine uh, may be in our best interest. That's a, a discussion. Israel has always been our friend since its founding, I think, in 1948, and they've had a lot of issues. But as we talked about, I think, last week or the week before, um, Israel never had a worse supporter in the White House than Obama. And I think I feel many people feel that Obama is really in Biden's ear. So what's going to happen tonight is they're going to take advantage of the situation, in my opinion. And as I thought about this, I never, I can never put, attribute a noble, a noble effort or noble goal in the Biden administration. They're going to look to capitalize on this. So what's going to come out of this is they're going to promise billions of dollars to Israel. They're going to promise more billions of dollars more to Ukraine, and then they're going to blame the GOP for not having their house in order, literally and figuratively, but not having a speaker. Well, they're not exactly inaccurate there. They, they are not. And so you can really jump on this and say, hey, the Republicans shot themselves in the foot. This is the billions of dollars we need, and if the GOP can't 
act and we're going to blame them because they're in a crisis right now. All of the issues that are going on in Ukraine, all the bloodshed, all the bloodshed going on in Israel is all going to be the GOP's fault. And I think that's what's going to come out of tonight. And you're right. The GOP has not pulled it together. And um, we can talk about that. But I sent you an article maybe three days ago is that. They could just use a polarity to decide on uh, on the speaker and not make it um, um, have, have to be a, a majority. And that's happened twice in U.S. history. And we're going back to like 1847 on that, maybe 1820. So they might just have to say who's got the number of votes, the most votes. That person will become the speaker. So tonight's going to be, I, I'm just, like my brother Kenny used to say, he still says, um, no matter how cynical you are, it's tough to keep up. So I'm very cynical about this, using this as an example. But I think the Biden administration is going to put aside any animosity they have towards Israel and, and pretty much use it uh, to their political advantage. And that's how I feel about that. This is a talk show. It's the Upfront program. And uh, we're here to listen to you. You can send us an email upfront at WNRI.com. Or you can call us at 769-0600-766-1380. And uh, we've uh, talked about a, a few topics, uh, but uh, there are many others to talk about. But we have a caller uh, waiting to uh, chat with us. So we're going to see what's on uh, the mind of that caller. And then we'll uh, move on. So um, what's on your mind today? Good morning, man. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Chris, uh, six quick things. You could comment on them, please. Well, I'm going to. I've got uh, my pen. I'm going to start writing down. We're ready. Is your, pen, your pencil sharp? It is. All right. Chris, wars are inflationary. Number two, is the oil price surge going on in the Middle East today due to pressures that are existing in that area of the world? Is inflation in the Middle East going to go through the roof? in the near future because of oil and bricks. Number four, is the Federal Reserve coming to an end? Number five, buying a car. Are you better off paying cash today or paying 8 to 16% interest depending on the dealer? And number six, in Rhode Island, there are people coming from California buying cars, according to a couple of salesmen I was talking to, uh, for $30,000, driving them, to, uh, transporting them to California and getting $45,000 for them. Okay. Are they, um, are they gasoline cars? Yeah, gas. Yeah, well, gas he didn't specify. And, and, and number four, when you yeah. said the Federal Reserve coming to an end, you meant are there, are there raising interest rates coming to an end? Is that what you meant? No, no. Because of uh, uh, the uh, bricks. Is that going to throw a monkey wrench into the works? Okay, I, I got, I got you. Okay, alrighty. We're set to go. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. You, um, which one do you want? Uh, oh, should we start with number one? Wars and uh, inflation. Well, and we talked about this um, last week or the week before. It's kind of a historical fact. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a good friend of mine, 74 years old, very worldly, very smart guy, conservative, like a lot of folks that I, I know. And he wasn't aware that it was a, kind of a historical fact that uh, Franklin Roosevelt and his administration knew about the impending attack on Pearl Harbor. And the way it's been reported historically is that they made the Japanese ambassador sit outside for hours so he could not officially declare war against the United States. So by definition, the attack on Pearl Harbor, even though we kind of knew about it, was a sneak attack. And then I forgot to look it up, but I'm almost positive that Congress decided uh, almost unanimously, I think there was one uh, senator from... Um, from Maine, I'll look it up in the break. I should have looked it up, but it was almost unanimous to declare war. So what was the purpose of that? The people will say his historically that it, it got us out of a recession. So therefore, and it got us out of uh, the Great Depression. So people will say that that's the reason why that happened. So clearly, um, and then Eisenhower warned about the industrial uh, military complex, saying that... Um, there's a reason to start wars in order to generate revenue. You know, the president of the United States said that. So 
I don't know if it's inflationary. It certainly helps people who make military equipment to do better. And we talked about that last week. Not talking about these companies as stocks or business in general companies, but all the military companies, the major ones, all were up much, much higher after the invasion uh, by Hamas to, to Israel. So you can make a case about that. In general, talking about oil prices, nobody knows where they're going to go, but oil is a commodity and um, it's going to move with market influence and supply and demand, but also like gold. Gold's a safe haven, generally speaking. People tend to run to gold when uh, there's uh, geopolitical issues. There is nothing more um, inflationary than having higher energy prices. And we talked about that. One thing I learned about during the UPS strike, and I kind of knew it, but it underlined it, that 5% of all of our GDP in the United States is shipped on UPS every day. So UPS, last time I look, have planes and, and, uh, and trucks to ship things. So that's very, very inflationary. Uh, the BRICS thing has always been out there. There's always a concern. You know, England uh, was the, um, was the uh, empire where the sun never set. It was all over the world. They, they, they controlled the entire world, and everyone has their day. So as it gets pushed where other entities are happening, where is the United States going to continue, the U.S. dollar going to continue to be the reserve currency, that would be a major problem for us if it didn't happen. But that was also said in 1999 when the euro was started. So you never know, but there's a lot of strength in economic might and military might, and we still have those things in the United States right now. But clearly, most of the world GDP in 1970 was in the United States, and now most of it is outside that, even though we're still the dominant power. So there's always that threat. Um, buying a car, I didn't know this. It doesn't surprise me. Supply and demand is probably cost you $1,500 or so to ship a car across the, the, uh, the country. So if you're going to do that. And we talked about this before. Do you know the number one selling car in California? Um, no. <laughs> Tesla. Tesla. Even though their, their grid can't take it and you've got the governor warning people not to charge up their cars at night because it's going to bring down their entire electric grid, uh-huh. people continue to buy Teslas. So I hopefully those answered. No, nobody knows where everything's going to go. But from my standpoint, speaking for myself, there's nothing more inflationary than having higher energy prices because it affects everything. Oh, one of the things about buying a car, that's a real personal decision. But clearly, you know, interest rates are going higher. Well, I've talked about an inverted yield curve, and I want to talk about that, and then I'll get into his point. Um, when you have the old days, when you bought CDs and you laddered them one year, three year, five year, you could expect the five year to be paying higher because they had your money longer versus the three year versus the one year. Mm-hmm. An inverted yield curve is when five year debt or 10 year debt are in the costs in the situation of the United States of America, 30-year debt is actually lower than a two-year debt. And we had that for a while. That's generally an ominous sign for the economy. Um, right now, for the for first time in a long time, the, the, the federal government has to pay over 5% to borrow at 30 years. It's not quite um, a, a regular yield curve, but it's, it's still slightly inverted, but it's getting flatter. Um, like anything else, uh, Bob Martin could probably talk about this. Today's Thursday, right? Talk about this tomorrow. Um, 30-year rates have finally gone over 8%. Mm-hmm. That's a shock to the economy. But I go back to when I had a mortgage in 1991. I got a rim fact at 8.5%. That was a great thing. It takes a long time for people to adjust to the, to the variation. But we've had low interest rates, almost zero, for many, many years now. So... I think I, I answered everything, but the inflation thing is de- definitely driven by, um, uh, by, by fuel. That's the worst thing, and by energy. Uh, buying a car, well, if you got the cash, pay the cash, but you're, you're always buying a depreciating asset when you buy a car. I tend to lease them and give them back because I don't want to have a, own a depreciating car, uh, vehicle or a depreciating asset, but everyone's different. I hope that answered the questions. So... Um, back to the the simplest question uh, of all um, was uh, uh, transporting a car from Rhode Island to to California and and the mock-up uh, and and so is the isn't a sticker price on a car the same uh, 
in uh, in the New England showroom as it is in a you know a Sacramento California showroom. They they, they should be close. I think he might have been talking about used cars if he's talking thirty thousand dollars because mm-hmm. the average new car is in the mid forties now. So I assumed he was talking about used cars and there there will be some arbitrage mm-hmm. there. But if you want to be bothered mm-hmm. to to buy a car in California, I mean Rhode Island, ship it back, you know, fifteen hundred dollars to make, you know, seven or eight grand, and then more power to you. But uh, it seems like a lot of work for for not a ton of money. But I, I take him at his word; he's very knowledgeable. I'm sure that's what's happening. We can look it up in the um, right during the uh, in, uh, intermission. So, used car or or new cars? Because there are, for instance, uh, Nissan has a Versa out there. At uh, nineteen nine, and they have uh, a Sentra up uh, around twenty four uh, nine uh, for those who are shopping for, shall we say, a new car, but not a new car uh, with a lot of features on it. But um, there's a few out there, so we'll find out whether he means used cars or new cars. If you love food, though, if you love food, you'll love us at the Honey Shop. We're at uh, Park Avenue here in Woonsocket. And um, we've been talking about the cook-off that they're co-sponsoring with uh, Missy's on, on Chili Cook-Off. But back to some of their actual classes that they hold at the Honey Shop. November 18th, a uh, class on making cranberry cheddar and fresh cranberry sauce. November 12th, a class on uh, making cranberry limoncello. You have to be 21 years of age or older. Sunday, October 22nd. At 11 a.m., Mushroom and Foraging Hike. Friday, October 27th, a 5.30 class on the art of citrus infusion, making lemoncello, orange cello, and lime cello. Sunday, August 26th, 7 p.m., making fig and cranberry aged balsamic reductions. And one more. Friday, December 15th, making Irish cream and cream brulee. Hmm, that sounds tasty. All these uh, little workshops, uh, and they're very limited uh, in number, are uh, going to take place at the Honey Shop. Call us at 766-1488 and sign up, and uh, we'll see you at one of uh, one of the workshops. Good morning, Lisa. At Community Care Alliance, our 500 employees are passionate about strengthening lives. Right now, we have job openings that give you the opportunity to build a stronger community with us. We hire every level in multiple disciplines. We offer competitive salaries, a comprehensive benefit package, including generous vacation, sick time, holidays, and competitive medical and dental coverage. Find out more at www.communitycareri.com or by calling 401-235-7458. Your life experience could contribute to the riches and qualities of care that we provide. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expansive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out a taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak, Filet Mignon or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner, all char-broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. And Grumpy's is open for lunch. And uh, that luncheon menu is, um, the man said, I think he said it's $6.99. But they have a great, uh, a great regular menu, too. So uh, head on over there. Their fajitas are, are real good, too. Uh, do I have one more announcement? Um, not, no, I don't. Um, I'm, I'm going to play the official Let's Get Back to the Program uh, announcement. Here we go. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Upfront panel. Uh, this is a talk show. And uh, we're here Monday through Friday, and WNRI, uh, we like to think uh, that we have a diversity of opinion, and we welcome your opinion, uh, even if it doesn't necessarily agree. uh, As a matter of fact, we encourage your opinion, especially if it doesn't agree with ours, because guess what? Roger and Chris, 
we still have a, a lot to learn. We have not exhausted the the body of knowledge out there, have we? Huh? Uh, no. Not no. yet. No, we're, we're, <laughs> we're working on we're it. We're doing our best. <laughs> yeah. I've got three quick things I want to say okay. hi to Rick, who's a regular listener, one of my golf buddies. And I want to say hi to him. He's listening in right now. Secondarily, I confused Montana with Maine. And there was, some, there was another vote, and I'll, it'll come to me tonight when I think about it. But when Roosevelt requests for a declaration of war on Japan, there was only one dissenter. It was 82 to 0 in the Senate and 388 to 1 in the House. It was Representative Jeanette Rankin of Montana, not Maine, a dedicated pacifist, and the first woman elected to Congress cast the only vote against the declaration of war. So I knew there was one dissenter. I thought it was a Maine representative, but it was a Montana one. And before you go on to that, since we're talking about votes in the House <laughs> and the Senate, for that matter... We'll check in with uh, Sandra, who has a comment on that. And um, and I know it's one of the topics that we want to talk about. Good morning, Roger and Chris. I agree about Obama in Biden's ear, but I'll go a step further. In my opinion, Obama controls Biden's soul. My next comment is regarding the buffoonery going on with the Republicans in Congress. It's vexing to see the Republicans unable to get their act together to uh, vote for a Speaker of the House. If they can't get a grip on this, how can they possibly come together to get a Republican back in the White House? Your thoughts, please, Sandra LaFrance. All right, she uh, is asking us several questions for us to, as uh, Chris once in a while says, to opine on. So opine on this, Chris. Yeah. Um, one of the most important things a president has is his legacy. And I was thinking about this that this morning. Um, president Obama was born, I think, in 1961. He's a young guy. If he was running for president right now, I think people would say he's in his prime or maybe not even at his prime yet. So he really cares about his legacy. As a matter of fact, Richard Nixon... Um, I think people, this might be widely known, after he left the White House, he didn't even allow his best friends to call him by his first name. Even his best friends had to call him Mr. President. Mm -hmm. So, and he continued that to his death. If you were, no, if you played high school football with him or college football with him at Whittier College, um, you had to call him Mr. President. So, in controlling, in my personal opinion, uh, I'll digress for a second. The Secret Service will not release the visitors' logs to the Delaware House of Biden. They don't have to do that. So if President Obama visits the White House, those, that's public information, and they have to release it. When he, uh, it's considered they've decided that they won't release the private uh, information of who's visiting Obama, um, excuse me, uh, Biden, Freudian slip there. I believe the same thing applies to Camp David, too. I think that that's the president's time off, and so therefore it's not an official visit, I think. I, I, th I think you're 100% correct, because they, they, unless, unless there's pictures there, we, we don't know. So my guess is Obama's there a lot, and Obama, in my personal opinion, knew all about the Biden tomfoolery when he was vice president. And, and then and then after that. So in controlling Biden, he can control his legacy. Um, the other thing is war tends to push out other things on the news. So we're not really talking about Hunter Biden anymore, are we, or an impeachment. So it's it's problematic in that sense. You know, Bill Clinton, you know, I, I never voted for him, but I think he did a half-decent job as president. We had surpluses, and he had some pluses and minuses, but his legacy is ruined with some of the stuff that's happened. So I think, yes, o Obama has a tremendous amount of influence on Biden. They served in the Senate together. He was his vice president for eight years. And I, I think um, uh, in, in, in his... In, in a, in a non-cynical way, is it really bad, that bad of a thing in the sense that Biden is not in charge. He doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe you have a little bit of somebody behind that. Maybe it's not the worst thing, but I, I think it's actual an issue where um, this is happening. Did we answer everything that uh, Sandra asked? I think we did. Um, I think I, I think so. And then the other thing you were talking about, you know, lower price cars, some of these new cars mm -hmm. that are that are really um, at, at a at a at a great price. I remember when. Um, 
Toyota came out with their first Lexus. Mm-hmm. Um, they were charging $36,000 for it. And Mercedes-Benz took apart the car. And they said, we can't make this car for $36,000. Never mind, sell it for $36,000. So we've got a problem. So a lot of these cars, they're being sold at deep losses. Because if you get a, a, a Versa or what, pick it, pick, you know, Lexus back in the day, well, you might be loyal for life for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just experienced that with a, with a washer and dryer. You know, I wanted to switch, and Amy and I decided that we we're going to stay with Maytag. Um, you get a TV. I, we stayed with Samsung. You get a car. I stay with General Motors. So there's a lot of value into getting people into that. Uh, one of the things that the automakers did and is give you a deep discount if you're a college graduate. But if you're coming out and that first car is a GM, uh, m- maybe your last car will be a GM. Brand loyalty, I find, is an interesting concept because in my world, I have right here in the studio here an iPad. It's Apple. And I have right next to me a telephone, which is Android. So I'm back and forth between the two worlds. If you talk to some people, there's only one world, Apple. You talk to others, Apple's too expensive, too complicated. My world is only Android. So... Brand loyalty, when you are convinced that a brand is good, then there's no, uh, there's no turning back in terms of convincing that person that they've got to switch from, from Apple to, um, to something else or from something else to Apple. Oh, it's, it's a hard switch. For years and years, I was a Microsoft guy, and I had a big problem. I think it was, I think it was Microsoft uh, Windows 7, and I erased a bunch of stuff by mistake. Mm-hmm. And then my nephew uh, is a big Apple guy, and he got me into it. And I've, and I've been there all the time. As a matter of fact, I had to call Apple last night. I was having trouble with my battery on my iPad, and they were actually really good. I've had about three instances in a row where they haven't been that great. Uh, last night was great, and I have 80% in here in, with my iPad in front of me. Uh, I think... Whether it's calling Apple or, or calling uh, or somebody else, it's, uh, it's luck of the draw. It's like calling the airline. And uh, it's like calling reservations anywhere. And sometimes it just is so smooth. Depends on who the quote-unquote customer service person is. And in all due respect, how much control they have of the language where you can actually glide through a bunch of problems because somebody actually can communicate with you. I guess companies uh, think that um, that hiring um, hiring other, uh, well, maybe these people speak other languages and so when person of that language calls them, it flows right through. I don't quite understand it, but I do know one thing, Chris. We have a phone call. Excellent. <laughs> right? So, let me bring up all the necessary dials here to make this phone call work. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to remind what, what was said to me the last time I called in about my idea that we should take out the Iranians right now. And you said, well, that would be risking nuclear war and that the Russians have more weapons than we have. And I just wanted to say, you know, if you want to judge true power, how many aircraft carriers does Russia have? One, and it's not nuclear. We have ten. Um, and the other thing is, I just want to say, I don't want to seem foolhardy or anything like that, but to me, Iran is cannon fodder for the Russians, not the other way around. If we attack Iran and take them out, Russia is not going to face a full war with America over Iran. They're going to call up the Iranians and say, you're on your own, good luck. And that's just my opinion, but we could take them out and end this terrorist threat we have over there. And I don't think the Russians would do too much about it. I don't think they're ready to actually get into a one-on-one war with America. Because with everything we've done in Ukraine, if they were ready to attack America, they would have already done it when we defended Ukraine. And the bottom line is I don't think they got the guts for it. You know, I I don't agree with you, but I, I, I would say with great certainty that those discussions are happening in the Situation Room in Washington about that. Um, they had the same situation. Uh, RFK uh, Jr. was interviewed, and he's talking about um, um, Bobby. I'm sorry, uh, Jack Kennedy's issues with the CIA and all of the stuff going back and forth, and how the generals were pushing him towards war. And then um, 
RFK Jr. is saying that the CIA had uh, had his uncle killed because of, because he was pushing against the industrial um, complex, the indu- uh, industrial uh, war complex. So, uh, but those discussions I, that you're saying, I'm sure that they're coming out. And I, my understanding is where we've been doing things on the slide to slow down Iran's nuclear advancement in in a, in a different way that's that's maybe more technology driven than than what we're doing but i disagree with you however i like i said for the third time i bet those discussions are happening and they're weighing should they do this um and i think they're after trump because he had a similar discussion with uh prime minister i think of australia and he discussed that some of the thinking that was going on you know they're just after trump i'm sure every president has done that with his peers but um, no, it's it's a good point. Um, I think there are ways hasn't, we can do it without I, it. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I do have one other point. Hasn't Israel gone in and bombed things in I, Iran? Yes. No. You, you uh, mean, is that a question? No, I said Iran went in and, 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 and attacked the nuclear facilities, and uh, Israel attacked the nuclear facilities in Iran. At one point in the past, did they not? I don't think so. I think we've done some some sabotage. Was is is what we've done uh, surreptitiously? I'm going to have to research that, but I thought they actually committed to an airstrike a few years ago and actually went in and destroyed some of the Iranian nuclear facilities. You do the research, but I can't remember that. I would have paid attention to that one. I'm going to check on that. Okay. Now, I was going to say they didn't nuke them after that, but it seems to me they had some kind of an airstrike. Mm-hmm. To destroy something they had, I'll, I'll have to research it to make Appreciate sure. Okay. Call. Thank, Thank you, you for the call. All right, we're going to get to a topic that um, that was brought up by uh, our emailer Sandra a little bit earlier, and that's what's going on in the uh, House with the Republicans. And see if we can uh, give you our thoughts. Can I may? On it. Yes. Um, seeds, I, I, we've got to do more research. Um, I just looked this up. Since 2010, and, I, and I've, I talked about some of this, Israel has allegedly conducted at least two dozen operations, including assassinations, drone strikes, and cyber attacks on Iran. Most of the targets were connected to Tehran's controversial nuclear program, which Israel considers an existential threat. I knew, I knew about the assassinations. I knew that, that they didn't take ownership of it. I know about the cyber attacks, which I alluded to. The drone strikes, I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. But, uh, you know, we are not always right, and there could be some gray area here that we're wrong. All right, and the question, <clears throat> now a question becomes, and this uh, might be uh, splitting hairs, does a drone attack, which uh, uses a camera, and actually can, can actually focus in on you, a person, and shoot a bullet into you, a drone can can be that specific. A drone can be like an assassin on the ground. An airstrike is from uh, you know sixteen thousand feet up uh, as the jet uh, re, you know releases the uh, armament and uh, hopefully um, it hits the right place. And when it does hit, it doesn't hit a person. It hits a target. Uh, I'm I'm making that distinction. Mm-hmm. Back in a moment. Chad's landscaping since 2000, free estimates. And uh, Chad's does uh, all kinds of things. Uh, well, fall cleanups is what they're pushing right now. But uh, they do uh, scheduled uh, lawn cuts and shrub trimming and lawn repair and lawn installations, lawn um, uh, uh, just uh, fix-ups. We do uh, decorative concrete, patios, walkways, walls, driveways. Chad's lands- landscaping. 401-309-4253, or you can take that same number and text for a quicker response for that free estimate. 401-309-4253, Chad's Landscaping since 2000. This is 2023. Uh, over 20 years? Uh, okay. I think uh, I'm impressed with that. Next is early bird specials at the Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Oh, what a nice restaurant it is. Now, remember, this is only between 4 and 5.30, Tuesday through Friday. And the price is eleven ninety nine. And there are all kinds of different things, including my favorite, the pasta bolognese. And then um, once you order that, and they have a nice, uh, you know, whatever the recipe is, it's delicious. And then you have your choice of pasta. And uh, it really is a very nice dish. Eleven ninety nine. You can try it out. Four to five thirty. After five thirty, regular menu prevails, 
and between 4 and 6 p.m. at Ciro's and Savini's, uh, you can get uh, oysters, uh, and they're fresh oysters, only a dollar. That's a pretty good deal, all right? Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. And one more advertisement, and uh, that is uh, from Mr. Kayer, Jerry Kayer. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. I just want to mention something here. Um, we uh, we have uh, a program that's been on the air for a long time, the French program with Roger La Liberty. And Roger died a couple of years ago. And his daughter, Nicole, took over. And so somebody asked me, uh, do you have any information on the passing of Roger's wife, Claudette La Liberty? And yes, she did pass away earlier in the week. And uh, we did drive down to the um, funeral home in uh, Coventry, Ionati's, my wife and I did, and paid our respects. But today is uh, the uh, mass for Claudette La Liberty. Now, Claudette and Roger came from the village of Manville, so they are northern Rhode Islanders, and they have a lot of uh, acquaintances here in the area. And so we do want to acknowledge the, uh, the mass of Christian burial uh, at 11 o'clock at St. John and Paul Catholic Church on South Main Street in Coventry. And earlier, the, um, uh, I guess you'd call it a funeral celebration uh, that'll be at 10 o'clock this morning at the Ionati Funeral Home on Washington Street in Coventry. So our, our condolences go out to the family of uh, the La Liberties and uh, the remaining uh, members are Nicole La Liberty. Uh, one of the uh, one of the daughters, and um, and she's the one that actually does the French program here on WNRI, and the other daughter is Giselle Patnode, and so we wanted to acknowledge that, and we did thank you for the uh, text reminder uh, about that, and the program, the French program, will be on the air as usual this coming Saturday and Sunday. Good morning, Mr. Boulay over there. Good morning. A couple of quick things. Again, yeah. in more support of our caller, there's uh, the Intercept from magazine from May 24, 2023. It says, leaked report, quote, the CIA does not know if Israel plans to bomb Iran. A leaked intelligence report from February says Netanyahu probably calculates Israel will need to strike Iran to deter its nuclear program. My understanding is from great sources that we've been doing sabotage and they've been doing sabotage for the nuclear uh, arsenal and nuclear efforts that uh, Iran has. And that may run its course. So um, we'll see where it all goes. But it it is out there and somebody is doing a calculation. And and just like the caller, I disagree with his point. But those things are being discussed, I'm sure, at the Situation Room where there are hawks and there are doves. And um, nobody wants to go to war who is uh, level-headed and sometimes is forced upon you like it was forced upon Israel. Um, On that, nope. I don't know if there's anything else, but I've got different topics. Um, And we just want to go back to Sandra's original email in which uh, she did ask us about uh, the situation of of a House speaker and the dilemma of the Democrats. uh, Excuse me, the dilemma. Well, actually, it's a dilemma for both because nothing's being done in the Congress right now. And is there a roadmap out? Uh, So here it is Thursday. And... um, and the president will speak tonight. He's going to ask for uh, billions of new dollars in appropriations for helping Israel. And we don't have um, a House of Representatives to consider that bill. Any comments on that, Mr. Boulay? Well, we, we addressed it that there are, they could change the rules to make mm-hmm. whoever gets the, the most number of votes in, instead of a, yeah. a majority. And that's happened twice in United States history. And that could be a, an out. But this kind of reminds me of Obamacare when it was passed, I think, in 2011. Um, it was going to be a very, very close vote, and every senator and representative 
um, wanted something in return for their vote for, for their constituents. So this is probably something where um, your, your vote matters because it's very, very close. And some of the members of the GOP are probably pushing hard on Jim Jordan to say, if you want my support, I need this. And they may be doing it at the peril of their actual majority mm. because any level-headed person, whether you're conservative or uh, liberal, it doesn't look good. You know, there, there may be a, this may get resolved soon enough where it's not an issue on the 2024 presidential elections and, yep. and, and, and the term. But certainly you can't say it's a good thing. Nobody can put a spin on that and say the Republicans are doing anything. And then going back to Matt Gates, that did he really do this to get even uh, with the speaker McCarthy or did he feel he wasn't doing a good job or potentially it was both of those things? There are some pretty strong-willed individuals in that Republican conservative caucus, uh, and uh, they um, they don't have much flexibility in terms of uh, of uh, moving the agenda forward. But they certainly are making their their names known. Um, I don't think, uh, in my opinion, uh, they're. Uh, impressing me, but uh, I guess maybe their constituency thinks that they're doing a good job. Yeah, and we saw that. We d didn't care for um, Representative Cicilline, but he, he got a solid two-thirds of the vote. And some of the Republicans, just because I'm a conservative doesn't mean I agree with everything they do. Like Senator Ron Johnson and Representative Elise Stefanik, um, they, they, they are really pushing the great replacement theory, which, which I don't agree with. And there are companies out there who promote diversity, but who give these people thousands of dollars when I, I think it's a divisive way to approach things. So I, I don't agree with all Republicans and all conservatives. And I think if you go fight extreme with extreme, you're, you're probably not bringing the country together. Could we backtrack on uh, definition of the great replacement theory? That is that, well, that there's a, there's a, Plan. There's a conspiracy that people in power are looking to get rid of white people and, and, and make them the, the, the minority in the United States. And, and I think it's abhorrent, and I don't agree with that. But there are people on the other side who... who I hope they're wrong. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I <laughs> because mean... Because I think I'm white. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I, I don't, you know... But the, but those are the things that are, that are kind of divisive with it. The, the whole thing is in terms of inflation, honest inflation, in, in terms of immigration. So... Um, going back to the uh, to the Republican candidate last night, uh, we all know of immigrants who have come to this country and done great things. You know how tough it is to get into other countries like Canada. You have to have resources. They don't just take you there. And we've got to stop this illegal immigration. So that gives credence to people pushing these kind of things. So, you know, the right's not always right. You know, that's for sure. Here is an email. Uh, so let's read it. Do you believe what the news reports about the conflict, or is it Western news bias? These people have lied about Donald Trump for the last six years. So our emailer argues, can you believe what they're telling us about uh, what is going on there? And the rest of it reads, civilians were told to go south, then the road to the south was bombed to hell. IDF commander tells everyone in Gaza City to leave because no infrastructure would be spared. Then the hospital is struck with a direct hit, but Israel was not responsible. Misfired missiles falling from the sky don't screech like a commercial jetliner at full throttle. The missile that hit um, that hit them came screeching in before the explosion. Listen to the video, all in one down, uh, all in one email, and it reads at the beginning: "Is news trustworthy?" So, so we're talking about and making our opinions about what we see and hear. How accurate do you think it is, Mr. Boulay? Oh, the, the narrative from the mainstream media is very important for the Biden administration to control. Um, they're try and they, they've done that. They've put out things where they, they've recently about more innocuous things saying that you've got to hold, call out these Republicans who do this and that. And they're, they're not even being shy about it. So, you know, when it comes to something like this, that there's a narrative being created. So if you really want to get a, 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 
uh, as much information as you can if it's important to you. You're going to have to go to multiple sources. I'd go to CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, get their spin, and then look at the Washington Times, the Jerusalem Post, the Wall Street Journal, um, Fox News, and then the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But clearly, I don't think you're being overly cynical to think this is something that the that the Biden administration is going to use to get Hunter Biden and all of the missteps by the Biden regime off of the front page. So let me um, help our uh, our emailer. So I'm a radio person, and so during the day, I do uh, as Chris knows. I I make sales calls. Uh, I'm all over the city. And uh, because I am not only all over the city, I'm all over, uh, you know, I'm in Smithfield. I go wherever I have to go. I listen to radio, and um, I do not listen to WNRI all that much. And the reason being is I pretty much know that uh, John DePietro and John Dion are going to say the same thing. And all due respect to uh, Jeff Gamash, pretty much these guys have their viewpoint, and uh, they're not going to change dramatically. So what do I listen to? I listen to um, PBS in Rhode Island, public broadcasting. And um, they, um, they are covering the Israeli situation. Now, they are a liberal news organization. And they cover um, Rhode Island stories in a very liberal way. However, they're not covering uh, the Israeli-Hamas situation locally. They turn to their affiliates in uh, Washington and in California and in Tel Aviv, and they've been covering it. And if you want a a good balance of how the Palestinians feel and how the um, Israelis feel and how the uh, how the people in Egypt and Great Britain feel, I mean, this is a global situation. Uh, they are doing an excellent job uh, because I'm hearing. Pro um, Israeli, pro Palestinian, and I'm hearing uh, uh, you know professors from universities comment uh, on it, whether they're in the European scene or the Middle Eastern scene. So at least, uh, and I, there's some of the stuff I hear I don't like hearing, but they're broadcasting it, and it's giving me balance. And as I try to to understand a very complicated situation, but to our emailer, go to public radio. And um, they're covering it almost every, all, all the time, <laughs> 24 hours a day. There's something on. I was listening at 5.05 this morning uh, to something. Comment, sir? No, no, I agree. Um, <laughs> if they're giving you balance, sometimes you have to create the balance. As I described, you've got to go to multiple sources. You're not going to get balance, I don't think, anymore from, from CNN or MSNBC. They're going to take their marching orders. And you don't have to guess, as I just alluded to. The Biden administration is telling these media outlets what to say and what to do. Conversely, it's not just a Democratic thing or Democrat thing. Um, Nixon was to, used to fight all the time with the... Um, with the media and try to control it. As a matter of fact, his enemies list had a lot of media on it. And so it works both ways, Democrat and Republican. But there's no question that the Biden administration has a certain narrative that they're trying to portray. And the, the fact of the matter is, you know, Israel's our friends. We've talked about the fact that Ukraine, the enemy of my enemies, my friend. But we're giving these people billions of dollars that we don't have. So we're $33 billion, trillion dollars, not billion, $33 trillion in debt. And the old joke is, why are you even taxing me? You can print money. Just keep printing money. Um, so we're going to be giving money to Israel. We're going to be giving money continually to Ukraine. It'd be nice if that money was repayable. So we can make a, uh, a decision saying that we want to help out our friends in Israel right now as they need it. But how about paying it back sometime? That never happens. And we just continue to be more and more in debt. So what you've got to do is you've got to get to the emotion of the American people to get this thing done. So they're calling their congressmen, get this thing straightened out for the House so we can give more money to protect our friends. You know, it's not a uh, intellectual thing. It's an emotional thing. And when people see fit to kill innocent babies clearly that's an emotional thing it's something everyone can relate to and say we don't want that we've got to stop these people so there's there's a lot more on the internet than 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 uh they would have had 40 years ago 
And I got a text from a listener. So you talk about public radio. Where do I find them? I, I should have mentioned that. If you want to listen to what they do, it's uh, 89.3. 89.3. They're out of Providence. Uh, and uh, like I said, uh, Rhode Island stories, uh, they uh, pretty much uh, lean to um, lean to the left. But um, in nationally, they're covering this uh, with pretty good balance. All right. Almost at the end of the show. Final comments? Uh, do you have anything on your, How your list? How much time do I have? I got a whole, whole bunch of emails from you, and I don't think we've covered everything. Okay. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about um, gender and golf um, very quickly. Golf um, and gender? Yeah. So I call the three. Isn't that a man's game? Well, that's, that's not anymore. <laughs> I call the great equalizers death, taxes, and distance. Mm-hmm. So the women golfers on the LPGA Tour, they play at about the same distance I do. After like 65, 60, 600 yards for an 18-hole uh, course, that's about my limit. The men are playing at 72, 7,300. Lexi Thompson um, was in the field at the um, in, in Las Vegas at Summerlin at the Shriners Children's event, and she almost made the cut. Which is which is unbelievable. Where she's hitting the ball from the men's tees, they didn't get let her hit from the ladies' tees, and she missed the cut by by just a couple of strokes. And you juxtapose that with that with Battle of the Sexes in 1973 with Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King. Bobby Riggs, his um, his height was in the early 40s. As a he was 30 years past his prime, 20 years past his prime. So that was not anything representative. But now you've got a situation where Lexi Thompson's, you know, that's much more meaningful. And I was actually rooting for her to make the cut. It would have been uh, a lot more interesting than than a 55 year old man uh, losing to a 28 year old woman in her prime. So how many years are we from an equal playing field altogether? <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever happen uh-huh. um, because men just hit the ball farther than women. And the farther you hit the ball, the straighter you hit the ball in golf, the less often you hit it. So they're always at a disadvantage. But I, I thought it was no, uh, uh, noteworthy that she almost made the cut. Thank you for being with us. Uh, next week's program uh, originates from uh, Las Vegas. Yes, huh? I will be in Las Vegas with my wife. She's going to a, a conference. I'm going to be the plus one, and I'll be calling in from uh, from Vegas. You better be prepared now. I will be prepared. Okay, thank you. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow with uh, John Brian. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380. WNRI won't socket. It is 9 o'clock at WNRI.